you're here. This weekend we're beginning a brand new series and we're going to be on this series the entire month. It's entitled Thrive. You can join us on your Westover app or open your Bible to John chapter number 15, the Gospel of John chapter number 15. And throughout this month we're going to be teaching through John 15. We're just going to be walking through the verses, kind of one right after the other, and unpacking this concept of thrive. I want you to know God intends every believer to thrive in your faith, to thrive in your life, to thrive in your career. But some of us are not thriving right now. There are some of us that something's happened or you got stalled. Something has, has kind of distracted you. Something has kind of got you off the path. And you're saying right now, I'm not thriving. Have you ever opened a, a bottle of soda and the bottle of soda lost its fizz? You know what I'm talking about? You know, the moment you taste it, you know it's flat. It's lost its fizz. Now, even though it's lost its fizz... It still has every ingredient the bottle says it has. It's still that brand. It's still that flavor of soda. Now, all the ingredients that you would find on the label is still in that bottle. And although it has all the ingredients, it's lost its fizz. Could that describe any of us? Is there any of us who say, you know what? I, I'm a believer, I'm a husband, I'm a career person, I'm this. and that. You describe your life and everything that you describe your life, all the goals you wanted, they're still in your life. You see them, but you say, I've lost my fizz. I'm not thriving. We have words for that in our culture. We say it's burnout. Are you burned out? How about lost my edge? We say we've lost our passion. You can lose your passion. You, you can get a place of emotional, intellectual fatigue and you're not thriving. You're just going through the motions, losing your joy, untapped potential, unrealized dreams. The very thing that you hoped and worked for, it's within your reach and you're saying, I don't have the energy, I don't have the drive for it anymore. And I should have. What's happened? You've, you, you've lost your, your fizz. I want to speak on the subject this weekend, Thou Shalt Thrive. <laughs> Thou Shalt Thrive. If I could put anything in your heart as we begin this series, it's God's intention for every one of us, and He is saying to you, you should thrive. Thou shalt thrive. With that in mind, go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter number 15, verse number 1 through verse number 3. Now, we're going to be teaching all through this chapter this month. And as we get into John 15, let me just say parenthetically, this is the seventh of seven I am statements by Jesus in the Gospel of John. He'll say, I am the bread of life. I, 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 I am I'm the resurrection and the life. There are seven I am statements. And this is the seventh of them as we begin reading verse number one. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Notice this next phrase. So that it will be even more fruitful. I want you to capture that. I want you to capture God's intention for your life. That it would be even more fruitful. God wants us to thrive. Verse number 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken 
to you. Now, in Scripture, there are two general categories that all people are put on, put in, either saved or lost. And that's, that's a category that God gives us. But there's another category here, and it's fruitful and unfruitful. Now, you can be saved. You can know Christ is your Savior. We call it making new. You can have had a making new experience where Jesus comes into your heart, your true ex- experience of faith, and not be fruitful. Did you notice the phrase, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it's still in Christ? Christ is the, is the vine. We are the branches. The branch is connected to the vine. Every branch in me, you can be in Christ and not be fruitful. You can come to church. You can have a Bible app. You can be in a group. You can, you can be going through the motions. You can be praying over your meals. You could be saying an evening prayer at night. You could have a scripture and then still not be fruitful. And that describes some of us. You're in Christ. You know the Lord. But you're not thriving. You're not fruitful. And the scripture says God intends that we be fruitful. That's what he intends. And Jesus is using analogy of, again of a plant. The root, the root brings the sap. The sap flows from the roots up the vine. Christ is the vine to the branch. Fruit always appears on the branch. You and I are the branch. Fruit always appears on the branch, but the branch has got to be connected to the vine. And life, sap, the sap, which is called the bloodstream of the plant, flows up the vine to the branch and makes it fruitful. Isn't it interesting? You have relatives that don't go to church, they don't know Christ, they don't know the Lord, and when you describe to them about you're going to church and you're reading the Bible, isn't it interesting they call you a sap? They're absolutely right. I am a sap, and you're sapless. Yeah. I've got the life. When, when the branch is in the vine, the sap comes through. Yes, I, I am a sap, and I want to encourage you, don't let anyone zap your sap. Amen? That's the life of God. When they say you're just a sap, say amen and I like it. That means I'm alive. That means God's doing something in my life. God's doing something for me. Have you ever, and this has happened to every one of us, have you ever gone to a party and the party starts to say at 7 o'clock, but you're working, you're across town, you can't get over, you've got an assignment. You say, well, I can't get there to probably 8.30 and 9 o'clock. And they say, go ahead, come, and we'll still be going. We want you to be a part. And you still go to the party. So the party started at 7 o'clock. And they say, go ahead and come on over. We want you to have something for you to eat. And you arrive, let's say, at 8.45 or 9 o'clock, the earliest you can get there. Have you ever noticed when you arrive at a party late, the party's over? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You arrive, and some people have already left. And when you arrive late at the party, the game is over, the party is over, the laughter is over, some people have already left, and the best food is already eaten. When you come late to a party, the guacamole has already turned dark. You know what I'm You look at that guacamole, and it looks like they mix shoe polish in with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's dark, Okay. And the chips are all the broken ones at the bottom of the bag. 
that's in the bowl. And, and all the strawberries are gone. But there's cauliflower. The cauliflower is still there, but the strawberries are gone. Who wants to eat cauliflower? I mean, if marble slab does not put it on ice cream, I don't want to eat it. Are you with me? You don't ever go to Marble Slab and get cauliflower on your ice cream. I mean, it tastes like nothing. When you come to the party, all the good stuff's gone, and here they say, do you want to help us clean up? <laughs> yeah. So you arrive to the party, the guacamole's brown, the strawberries are gone, they hand you a cauliflower and a broom and say, help us clean up. That's the way some of us are with our faith. You hear that serving Jesus is full of joy. You hear about other people saying, going to church and God speaks to them. You hear people describe about worship and how God just fills their life with life and, and, and excitement and, and, and they read the Bible and it inspires them. It, your Christian experience is like going to a party late. When you get there, the best stuff is over. The joy is not found. And it feels like drudgery. It's like coming to a party late and you're helping to clean up. Every commandment seems like a burden. Everything that's preached and taught and shared, you say, man, I just that's one more thing to do, and I don't have the energy to do everything else I have. And it feels like a drudgery. It feels like a burden in our life. That's where some of us are at. What's wrong? We're not thriving. We're missing something. You see, people who are saved, but unfruitful endure their faith. You're saved. The branch is in the vine, but it's not fruitful. They endure their faith. Because everything they hear, they're saying, not again. Some of us, we, we, you were dread to come to church today. Why? Yeah, I want to give an offering. And I, I don't want somebody to tell me there's one more thing wrong with me. I hear that all the time from my boss, from my coworker, from my spouse, from my kids. They, they're always telling me I'm not enough of something. And it feels like just coming to the party, the party's over, and you just go through the drudgery of it. And I want you to know that's not what God intends. That's not what Jesus is about. But I have to share with you, a watered-down version of the Bible will never deliver on its promises. And some of us are trying to do in part when God says we've got to do it in full. And that's not working for you. It's not functioning for you. It's not bringing the joy you want. You're not thriving. And I want to invite us all to a life of faith, a life of experiencing God that we're thriving. And Jesus, Jesus is going to instruct us. And through this series, we're going to lay out principles that we can grow and strengthen and move from the dullness and the boring into the life that God intends for us. And there's two things I want to share with us today. The first thing I want to share with us, the first thought is connecting with Jesus activates higher purpose. Connecting with Jesus, when the branch is in the vine, connecting with Jesus, Jesus is the vine, it activates a higher purpose. And the reason some of us are not thriving is we don't have higher purpose. We're missing that higher purpose. Listen to what Jesus said, verse number 1 and 2. I am the true vine. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, notice this phrase again, so that it will be even more fruitful. Get that in your spirit. Get that in your spirit. 
that you would be even more fruitful. Save people who are fruitful, celebrate their faith. Save people who are unfruitful, endure their faith. And fruitfulness means that you're moving into a purpose, that you, there's a difference in your life and you're making a difference in life. In other words, you're experiencing what we call at Westover a making great life. Making great. Some of you are just getting by. Some of you are, are dreading. You're dreading tomorrow. You're dreading this month. You dreaded the summer. You're dreading the fall. You need to be activated into a higher purpose that we call a making great life. And this, this higher purpose, how is it active, activated? There's three words I want to kind of deposit in our hearts. Three words I want to kind of hang some thoughts on that will help us. Because remember, Jesus said, I want you to be even more fruitful. The first word I'm going to give you is the word attracts. Attracts. When the branch is connected to the vine, the moment is connected. The moment that, that there's that connection and that branch grows, guess what? The fruit, the fruit that comes out, it, it attracts life from the vine and the roots. As you please, that sap, that lifeblood is flowing to it. And there is this concept that a higher purpose is attracted to us through Jesus. Now, many of you are aware of what's called the law of attraction. You've studied that. Some of us that have never studied the law of attraction, you know the law of attraction. You just don't connect it to, to, the, to the, you're not connecting the dots of what you understand to the law of attraction. For example, we say, birds of a feather flock together. That, that's an a, 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 a old adage we say. That's really an expression of what's called the law of attraction. It's a, it's a universal it's a universal law that's in culture, in people groups, and in, and in how society and people function, the law of attraction. For example, have you ever noticed somebody that's outgoing and friendly? They have more friends. What is that about? The law of attraction. Have you ever noticed when you wake up and you're in a bad mood, you have a bad day? Have you ever got the end of the day? How'd your day go? Oh, you can't believe the day I had. This happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. And you go through a litany of about six things that just went bad that day. Why? Perhaps you started in a bad mood. And then what happens is everything that's disappointing kind of just gravitates. It kind of shows up. It kind of just happens in your life. That's the law of attraction. Have you ever been around people? A family and friends and you're, you're just gathering a family reunion or a game time or whatever over a meal and you start laughing and telling funny things. Have you ever noticed when you start telling funny things, everything gets funny? You can just, you can just say one thing and everybody's cackling and laughing. Somebody walks in and none of it's that funny to them. Why? They, they weren't in there when the story and the energy started happening, but the law of attraction is this. When you're there and you start laughing, other people laugh. Have you ever just started laughing because somebody else thought it was funny? You didn't think it was funny, but they laughed and so you laugh. It's the law of attraction. And we understand it works intellectually. We, we understand it works relationally. We understand it works psychologically. But here is the key. It also works spiritually. When we are connected to Jesus, every branch that's in me, when you're in me, God says it's going to attract fruit. What is that fruit? The fruit of a higher purpose is automatically activated in your life. 
There is meaning behind it. There is purpose behind it. God just begins to do something in your life. When you come to faith in Christ, have you ever noticed that Jesus comes in and then all of a sudden you see things and you feel things different and, and you see your life and your career different and you begin to have dreams and purpose and meaning behind and you say, you know what, I've been but I could do and I, I am doing but I could impact others by doing. All of a sudden something awakens in you. What is it? It's higher purpose. Educators, you're not there in the school to referee in the classroom. God has placed you a higher purpose. You are a missionary to culture. You have the ability, you have more say-so in those students' lives than youth pastors and children's pastors may have in an entire year. You will get in one week. God has placed you. There's a higher purpose. You can have an impact. Business person, you're not just providing a service. Guess what? You are having kingdom impact. Your life, your career, your business, your expertise, your talent, your ingenuity. You're providing living for people. You can encourage people. You can shape people. There are students that are going to come graduating from school, come and work with you and among you, and you can shape their goal, and you can have a trajectory in life for them. Why? Because God activates a higher purpose in your life. Coming to Jesus, when we're committed to Jesus, when we give our hearts to Jesus, then all of a sudden, everything else about our life, we become better parents. We become better spouses. We become more activated, intentional employers and employees. It touches every part of our life. It activates a higher purpose because it attracts, it attracts God's purpose to our life. But there's another word I share with you. Not only attracts... I want to introduce another word, and that's the word subtracts. Subtracts. Now, some, some of us need to be aware some things can be subtracted from us. Yeah, you can be in Christ. He says every branch that does not bear fruit, guess what? He's going to cut off. He's going to work. And some of us, we've we got some stuff that's invalidating God's higher purpose. Example, well, we all know sin does. Be involved in sin, guess what? It just cancels out God's purpose. Sin will just put a red line through God's purpose in your life because it takes away. And that subtraction is, that subtraction is, is, is taking us away from what God, it blocks what God has. And that subtraction can, can become a thief in our life. It, it's, it's failing to fully walk in the path God has. It, it's, taking away God's purpose. That higher purpose, that's why you just feel like an employee. That's why many of us feel like we're just being used. That's many of us feel like in a, in a home, we're just, we're going through the routine and we don't really feel the richness of that relationship. Why? Something is subtracting from us. And you have to deal with the subtraction in order to move into the attraction mode. For example, my wife Denise, do you know before she dated and married me, she dated somebody else. She had to get rid of Goober in order to find God's person for her. I mean, to get into Huntville, she had to get rid of Goober. And some of us have a Goober in our life. Some of us, you got, you got something God can't work in your life. God can't do something. He's got to get that out. And there's something that's subtracting from your life. 
Every one of us, whether you're a new person in faith in Christ Jesus, you've been serving God for a decade or two decades. You're somebody. God has a higher purpose for you in your career path, your life. You just, just think of your thumbprint. Do you know your thumbprint is different from everyone else's in this room? My thumbprint is different from your thumbprint. You are one of a kind. Your thumbprint, you're unique. God has a high purpose just for you. God didn't, God didn't make you a carbon copy of somebody else. God didn't make you uh, just a, another one. God, you're not a generic version. Your thumbprint says you're unique and God has a higher purpose for you. And you need to remind yourself every day, I'm a, I'm a thumbbuddy. I'm a thumbbuddy. God made me unique. I'm not just average. I'm a thumbbuddy. And God has something for you. Number third word, not only attracts, subtracts. Let me give you a third word. Distracts. Distracts. Things can distract us from what God has. And the thing about distractions, they go under the radar. Because often distractions, they're not sinful, they're not evil, they're, they're not maniacal, they're not, they're not vicious. They're just routine stuff that just sucks our energy and our life and our attention away. And it flies under the radar. And you say, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Distractions, often they're not wrong. But they're instead of what God has. They're instead of what God has for us. And one of the things that happens to every one of us is the distraction of busy. If, if God speaks to you, if the, if the Lord stirs up something in your heart, and, and to, to have that better life, that thriving marriage, that, that next step on your career, that next spiritual growth moment, and you say, but I am too busy. You're distracted, and it will rob you of that higher purpose. And the thing is, it's, not, it's probably not wrong. It's probably not a sin, but it's instead of what God has. I pastored for 32 years here, and I can't tell you how many times I just dealt with this. I encourage, I, this is a routine conversation in an altar uh, uh, or in some place with a believer. And the believer will say something like this, you know what? Pastor, what you don't understand, I've got this to do, this to do, this to do. And if I really, if, if I joined a life group, if I, if I really started doing, and I, and I, and I, I was in church more regularly. We, 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 come on, we come once a quarter now. You know, we, we can come four times a year. But if I really started going all the time, then I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have family time, and I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't have, and it's a false idea. It's a false idea. Following God and getting connected to God will never take away life from you. It'll never take away. And you're that branch that's not bearing fruit. And Jesus is saying, I've got to prune that. It's distracting you. It's taking away the life. God's never going to take life from you. God can take activity that may be robbing, robbing fruit from your life. And some of us busy guys, we are, we are just breaking our backs to make a living and we're not really having life we're just making a living we're paying the bills and in your heart of your heart you know 
there has to be something better. And there is. There is. We have to be connected to God's purpose. Number two I share with us today. Not only connecting to Jesus activates a higher purpose. The second thought I want to deposit in your heart, and then we're going to go into prayer moment. And in the prayer moment, we're going to give people a chance to connect and reconnect to God. Some of us, we're, we're on this journey of faith. And I'm going to invite you to, to complete that journey of faith in a moment. Number two is perfection is not required, but growth is necessary. Capture that. I, I constructed that phrase intentionally. Perfection is not required, but growth is necessary. Notice what Jesus said. Well, every branch, not some of them, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. In other words, perfection is not required. If, if there's a part of your life that's not fruitful, guess what? He's going to prune. Perfection is not required. But growth is necessary. That will be more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I spoke to you. Now what's interesting about this in verse 2 and 3, the word prunes and the word clean. Do you see that in the Bible? Prunes and clean. Same Greek word in the original text. Our Bible's in English. The New Testament was written in Greek. Both words are the same. He prunes. Why does he prune? To make you clean. That means when he starts to prune you, there's something that's in your life that's not complete, not fully. But guess what? God says you're clean. Perfection is not required. But growth is necessary. Growth is necessary. And the one, according to verse number one, that does the pruning is the Heavenly Father. Isn't that good news? It's the father that prunes. The pastor doesn't prune. Good news. Your mother-in-law doesn't prune. Aren't you glad that your mother-in-law is not appointed by God to do the pruning in your life? Hallelujah. Who does it? The heavenly father. You can trust God. He's not your enemy. God's not against you. God sees there is something good in you. You're clean already, but God's saying you're not all that you can be. There's more. How do you get there? By growth. Every one of us. God has a growth path for us. God has something He wants to do in our life. Growth always takes us to something better. Growth will always take you to something better. Please hear me. God will never bless you with something to take you away from Him. And some of us have something and we say, God bless me with it. And because we got involved in it, we're further away from the Lord. God never blesses us with something to take us away from Him. He prunes. He'll take away everything that distracts and drains from our life. Why? So that we will be even more fruitful. Fruit. Fruitful. Do you know how you know if something's a fruit? You know the difference between a vegetable and fruit? It's a rhetorical question. Of course you do. A fruit always has a seed in it. Anything that has a seed in it, it's a fruit and not a vegetable. If it has a seed in it, it's categorized as a fruit. Follow me. He said, I want you to be more fruitful. In other words, God wants to enlarge 
our life. God sees potential where you don't see potential because he wants you to be fruitful. Fruitfulness always has seeds in it. Here's what I want to deposit in your heart. i got a word from the Lord for you today. Don't count your needs. Count your seeds. Don't focus on your, I don't have enough and I need. Be fruitful. And God produces the seeds to answer. God wants to take us from a singular to a plural. God wants us to be fruitful, even more fruitful. We don't, we don't have to be perfect. God's not requiring perfection, but God is saying for every one of us, if we will be fruitful, guess what? That fruitfulness will enlarge us to His purpose, and it will bring even more and more increase to us. Instead of killing ourselves on the treadmill of life, God has something better for every one of us. Fruitfulness. Time to grow. And how do we grow? What's the pathway? Yes. The word yes activates your next step. The word yes will activate your next step. Wherever you're at, wherever, wherever you're at in this journey, new in the faith, serving God for some time, you reach a place in your spiritual life where you've stalled, where you've stopped, you're not thriving. How do you get growing? How do you get past that? How do you move past it? Every time the Holy Spirit speaks to us, to move forward into God's promise requires a yes. When the, when the branch is connected to the vine and it says, yes, I receive that, then God brings fruit to that branch in every one of us. God wants to make you fruitful. Is there a godly value you've argued with God? You told God, I don't have to believe that. I, I know it's in the Bible, but, you know, this is the 21st century. And you said no to God. You want to activate your, your purpose? Say yes to God. Say yes to joining a life group. Some of us, we've been in the church for some time, but we're just kind of come in and go out. God's speaking to you. It's time to get connected. You're in church. You're part of the Westover community. But you're not, you're not connected to the Westover community. It's time to join the life group. Say yes to life group. It's time to say yes to tithing. It's time to say yes to God's word. It's time to say yes, God, in the house. I'm going to honor you. There is something the Holy Spirit prompts in our hearts. And if we say no later, maybe, or almost... We don't grow. And every almost and maybe, that's what the father, the gardener, comes in and said, I've got to get rid of that in your life. I'm going to prune it out. Because the branch does not tell the vine. The branch has to receive from the vine the life and grow. God wants you to be fruitful. So whatever area the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, this month I pray you get activated in finding God's purpose. Get connected to God's purpose. But at this moment, some of us need to get connected to Jesus. What am I mean? We call it making new here at Westover. It's that moment when you say in your heart, Jesus, I come to you. It doesn't mean you have every answer figured out. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're saying, I'm ready to do life God's way. The Bible calls it salvation. 
It's when you say in your heart, I'm going to do life God's way. And Jesus becomes your personal Savior. Some of us, we've been in the church. We're on this journey right now. We've been warming up to God. And I'm going to give you the chance today to be, become a part of God's family. To give your life wholeheartedly to Jesus as Lord and Savior. So across this audience in the balcony in the main floor, I'm going to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. We do this. I do this because I want you to feel like this choice, this moment, is a private decision between you and God. I want you to just kind of eliminate the distractions around you and let your heart focus on God and God alone. Could I just ask everyone, please, we're in an altar call, no one leaving. Hold on, no one leaving. This is the, this is the most sacred part of the service. Stay with me. Rest over. We have a culture of honoring and respecting the altar. Thank you. Thank you. Now, this is your moment. If you're ready to receive Christ, if you're ready to open your heart up to the Lord, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you figured it all out. It means you're willing to say yes to Jesus. And if that's you, just raise your hand. I'm going all in with God. One. Two. that you do something because I, I want this moment this is, the, this is the most important decision you'll make this year maybe in your whole life you just raised your hand heads are bowed eyes closed no, no, no one's looking no one's watching you this is a moment between you and God I'm going to ask you if you're comfortable if you would do that if you just stand up with me right now and if you just walk down here and stand in the altar with me you're in the balcony, would you do something? Would you just stand where you're at? You raise your hand, just stand. And I'm going to pray with you from the balcony. Just stand. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You raise your hand. Down here. Would you just step forward? If you're on the main floor, would you just come down here and just join me right at the front right now? Please. Thank you. Just join me. Yes. Thank you. I'm going to pray with you. some reason you just came to church today little did you know the Holy Spirit had an appointment with you and I'll tell you what we humans do we give God all the reason why he shouldn't care for us God I'm this and I'm that I'm not I'm not I'm not and there's nothing about us that God doesn't already know and Jesus took all that to the cross and he he, he took my sin and, and we're just going to give that to the Lord and here's what the Bible says we must do it's as clear as A, B, C. A, A, we acknowledge our need of God. 
The moment your hand went up, you qualified for A. You acknowledge your need of God. B, you must believe that Jesus Christ is God's only Son and Savior of the world. I think you're here today at this altar because you are already in B. A and B, you're there. Balcony, A and B, you're already there. So the only thing left is C. And here's what C is. We must confess that Jesus Christ is our Savior and Lord. I'll tell you, if the Assemblies of God invented it, we would have we'd have 16 classes. We would tattoo you. We would, we'd, we'd make it so hard you couldn't get there. But the good thing is God didn't put the Assemblies of God in charge of it. The Gospel says that whosoever, and you can have your moment today, you're there. <clears throat> so it's just now saying, Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart. You say, you mean it's that easy? Yeah. God will not let you work for it. Because he's not going to let the strong have it and the weak be without. God will not let you buy it because he's not going to let the rich have it and you go without. He's going to make it available to everyone. And today, in your heart, you can call on the name of the Lord. At age 14, I did. And God radically changed my life. The anger of a 14-year-old teenager dissolved. And I became a new person in Christ Jesus. No matter how many times you messed up, buddy, guess what? God's everlasting arms and love. The moment you stood up, he just wrapped around you. A new person in Jesus. A new person in Jesus. A new person in Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer similar to what you can pray. There's no formula. You don't have to say it exactly the way I say it. But when your heart says it to God, God hears it. And he's going to honor it. Let's pray. Let's pray. From your heart, in some fashion like this, this is what we do. Heavenly Father, I come to you because I need Jesus in my life. I have discovered that I am missing something. And I want Christ into my heart. I come to you. I give you my heart. I open my life. I surrender myself to you. I don't fully understand it, but I've, I'm going to give God a place in my life from this moment on. I honestly say before you, forgive me of my sin. I, I feel like there's so many I can't even list them, but the good thing is I don't have to list them. I can just ask Jesus to forgive me and put it in the blood today. And Jesus, because you died on the cross, I can have forgiveness. And I ask for your forgiveness today. I ask you to make me your child. I wholeheartedly give my life to you. And I commit to follow you. I know I'm not perfect, but God, I'm going to follow and serve you from this day forward. And I pray this prayer and I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And I can tell you.
I can tell you today, based upon what this Bible teaches, you prayed that prayer. You are now a child of God, and I welcome you into the family of God. I welcome you. I'm going to ask our team. We have just one little booklet to put in your hand. We want you to take with you. They're ready. Give us 60 seconds, and we'll put it in your hand, balcony as well. It's a New Testament, and it has some information about what it means to commit your life to Christ. There is a there is a, a, seat, a DVD in there that has about nine minutes, and in nine minutes I will give you scripture and a quick teaching explaining everything from the Bible that just happened in your life. But welcome to the family of God. God bless you. Thank you, Westover, for being with us today. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the